0: Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome back to another episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler, along with Lisa Cohen. Hey. And we are once again recording from our remote studio in Sherman, Connecticut.
1: One of, one of many global studios that we have. This is a massive enterprise. So, <laughs> massive you know, enterprise? Europe next week, probably. <laughs> Asia.
0: <laughs> we're going to take the show on the road. <laughs> but on the road currently means in Connecticut, and we're really happy to be here and looking forward, Lisa, perhaps to going for a little hike yeah, in Connecticut later. Right yeah, uh, it's
1: very, very nature-focused Uh, jaunt that we have here. So it's great to get out of the city.
0: Well, it is a beautiful day in Connecticut. So we're happy to be here. And thanks for hosting us. Thanks for coming up. So as our listening audience knows on this show, we look at the list of things that Milo loved. And Lisa picks out something that is of interest to her. And I'm wondering if something is of particular interest to you today, Lisa.
1: Yeah, this one looks good. Slope Barbershop.
0: This is a great Milo story. Slope Barbershop. So as you know Lisa your kids Henry and Isabel when they were very very young would probably I assume get their hair cut at one of those
1: really yeah, yeah. young gimmicky sit in the sit in the car get a lollipop put some Dora the Explorer on <laughs> That's exactly right so keep them calm for the 10 seconds it takes to cut their hair yeah get the hell and a out of there. and those barbershops are well equipped to handle a
0: crying kid or a kid mm-hmm. who and then we also noticed that those barbershops strategically became toy stores sort of on the way out Yeah, yeah. so that when kids were upset from getting their <laughs> hair cut, what, better, Make way a to, sale. what yeah. better way to appease them than to sell right. them four Thomas trains or something right. like that right. or whatever the kids are interested in or lollipops and uh, anything else. So Max and Milo, like Isabel and Henry, um, when they were very young, would get their hair cut at a place uh, in our neighborhood called Lulu's, which was a kid's barbershop with the race car mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the associated toy store. At some point, I guess all kids decide that that kind of barbershop is no longer appropriate for them. And in our neighborhood in Park Slope, there were a couple of barbershops that parents knew were good options for six, seven, eight year olds. Well, Milo had his own idea about which barbershop he was going to go to. There is a barbershop on Fifth Avenue, pretty much right across the street from. The middle school that, a Milo, that Milo eventually attended, but wasn't attending at the time, MS fifty one, and this is a barbershop which called. is
1: to c- a couple blocks from your house. Couple so blocks from house. So he obviously had walked by it enough times to he knew have it. his eye on it. Yeah. He
0: knew it, yeah. and that's ex- that, you know that's just a perfect description. He had his eye on it. <laughs> I think Milo was anticipating going for a haircut by himself to a place other than a place that was designed for little kids, and he just had his eye on it. It's a perfect description. And this is a barbershop again, right across the street from MS-51. And when it came time for him to go for a haircut other than to a kid's place, that's where he said he wanted to go. Notwithstanding the fact that Max was already getting his haircut at sort of a an adult barbershop, but not that one. Mm-hmm. He had picked a different mm-hmm. place to go to. Mm-hmm. And the first time I walked into Slope with Milo, I could understand exactly what had drawn his attention. There were TVs all around the barbershop, and the TVs were all showing sports, <laughs> but different sports. If you went there off hours, they'd be showing boxing or wrestling or MMA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, on this first visit, we went there on a Sunday. And I remember saying to Milo, well, they don't take appointments, but we should get there early because I'm sure you don't want to miss the NFL games. He said, that's right. And We got there about noon and there was a line in front of us because they don't take appointments. But they had the NFL games and the NFL pregame at that moment uh, on the TV screens. Nice. Immediately, Milo felt at home at that place. Yes. Amazing. Now, what I didn't know at the time, Milo may have known, and it probably was an attraction for him, was that the bulk of the clientele at at Slope was African-American and Caribbean men. And Milo, as most in our listening audience know, had curly hair, as did many of those in the clientele at that shop. And he drew the conclusion that this was the proper place for him to get his haircut. And we had no objection to it. Of course, we were willing to take a chance. And uh, sure enough, it became his barber for life. But what was most interesting was from that very first time that he was there, They treated him like he was any (laughs) other adult. And I saw it from the very first time. I was there. They knew I was his father, but they spoke only to him. Nice. And they asked him what he wanted. They were not interested in saying to me, oh, what what does he want? What kind of hair? How do you you want it done? Once he was in the chair, they spoke to him only. And in fact, even after the first time he was there, when he was probably seven or eight years old, he asked me not to go back with him anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he felt that he had established a relationship with this one particular barber who he went to many, many times, and he loved the fact that they treated him like they treated. Well, you else. you have always
1: said about Mila that he 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 was he had this sort of old soul, like he was he was ready to be a man. Yeah. Even if his body wasn't quite there, like he, in his mind, he wanted this to be his place. Yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought
0: about this that way until you just mentioned it, but it really is true that, you know, we've talked a number of times and I spoke about at Milo's service that there were times when Milo would behave in a way that suggested that he was a much older person in a much younger person's suit or body, <laughs> And this was one of those examples when he was perfectly comfortable interacting with people much older than he was, Mm -hmm. even if he was the only person that age by like, no one was even close to him in the place. Everyone there was at least a teenager or older. It didn't matter to him. He felt that that was his place. It was- And and
1: he was right, by the way. He he went in there and they treated him like that. He was
0: absolutely right. And in fact, I remember I said- Right after the first time he went there, he told me he didn't want me to come with him anymore. I said, you know what? The second time you're going there, let me just go make sure everything's okay again. He pushed back, but I said, I'll drop you off there. I just want to make sure everything's okay. And we arrived there and Milo walked in and exchanged like three or four multi-step handshakes with a variety (laughs) of people, including barbers at the place. And I said, you know what? I think Milo's got this yeah. under control. Yeah. And then, of course, Milo and Max would make fun of me for referring to it as a multi-step handshake. <laughs> I'm sure there's- <laughs> That is um, embarrassing. It is totally <laughs> embarrassing and, and really an old man's thing to say. But it is true that from that time on, Milo felt completely at home at that barbershop. And it's hey, can almost, I ask a
1: procedural question? Yes. Was he he was doing the the financial transaction part of it as well? Yes. You, you said you, you gave him a twenty or whatever it was right. and let him go. Right. Well the interesting thing about this place, I don't know exactly how
0: most barber shops work, but it seemed to me that the barbers were kind of independent contractors. Right. They weren't working yeah. for the barber right. or the, the the venue. They were on their own. So you couldn't like call up. This wasn't like one of those kids' places where you call up and say, what does a haircut cost? Right, right. So you were kind of not sure when you went in there how much that particular barber was going to charge. So if you went to different barbers, you might get a different price. It was all pretty reasonable. But to take a step back, Milo went to an elementary school called PS321, which was on 7th Avenue in our neighborhood. And very unusually, I think, PS321 allowed fourth and fifth graders to go out for lunch. And it was at that time that Max and then Milo learned about tipping and Mm -hmm. paying a Mm -hmm. bill on their own and handling cash and things like that. I remember it being a little harrowing. You wanted to make sure that the kids knew to be respectful of people who Mm -hmm. were working in these places without having a parent there to sort of moderate that relationship between a customer and a waiter or a waitress or somebody working at a counter. So remember having regular and repeated conversations with the boys about not only respecting people who work in the service business, but how to calculate a tip and then how to basically round up and make sure that you're giving right. not just the minimum, but minimum plus extra right. more beyond. Um, so that conversation was a conversation we had had with the boys already. But at the haircut place, we were sending an eight-year-old <laughs> into a haircut place that was really not for kids by himself, probably with thirty dollars in his pocket mm-hmm. and just telling him basically, you know how to calculate 15 percent, but you should be extra generous.
1: You like this place. this is your these are your people, then you they show them,
0: show them how you feel.: That's exactly right. It was beyond just a tip for a haircut for Milo, it was a place that he really, really liked to go. Mm. It was a place where he liked the way that he was treated. Mm -hmm. It was a place where he was proud to tell people that he went. And we would talk that all of those things should be part of the calculation when you're paying a tip, even if the tip is going only to a barber and not to Mm -hmm. the venue. Because in some way, we assume the barber's we were paying the venue mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. to rent the chair, whatever right, else right. it was. And it, it really went to a bigger issue. You know, Milo, he just loved being from Brooklyn. He just yeah. really, really loved it. Uh, Max was born in Manhattan. I don't know that he got too infused with Manhattan because he moved <laughs> down to Brooklyn when Max was two years old. But Milo really, really was proud of being from Brooklyn. And even we talked just on an earlier episode about Camp Starlight he would talk about Brooklyn to his friends from Camp Starlight with great pride. Mm -hmm. And he really liked a lot of things about it. Um, He considered his haircut place to be a place that existed in Brooklyn and not in many other places. He was right. For him. Yeah. And both the place on its own, but its Brooklyn character are what really um, made it appealing to Milo. And I think his love for Brooklyn and his appreciation of that haircut place are why the people who worked there appreciated him as well. Of course. Now, the shame is that I remember when Milo was first diagnosed and he started treating and as is typical, his hair fell out. um, He was sort of looking forward to that day when he was done treating and he had beaten this monster and he would have enough hair on his head again to return to Slope for another haircut. Sadly, that didn't happen. Um, As we've talked before, I'm not a magical thinker. I don't believe in cosmic connections necessarily, but I would point out that while Milo was treating, there was some sort of electrical fire at the barber shop and it never reopened. It also
1: was the pandemic.
0: There was the pandemic, which was a real struggle for yep. all service yep. uh, businesses. But even once it reopened, and I think it would only reopen very briefly, they did have a fire there. Mm. And Alana and I walked by very recently, and it had not reopened. And I'm not sure it yeah. ever did reopen after that. And that was probably about a year ago, maybe even a year yeah. and a half ago now. Right. And it doesn't look like it's going to reopen anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, not a magical thinker, um, but I can think to myself, you know, Milo, don't sweat it. You didn't Mm. miss the opportunity to go back to Slope and, and see your friends. Right. Well, that's all the time we have on this episode of Milo Time. We'll hope you'll join us once again when we, again, look at the list of things that Milo loved. Thanks for joining us.